This is Tipstar's Group 1 horse racing throughout Australia, and we're here to examine the big races and the betting strategy for today. <laughs> And they're off. Welcome to the second biggest day at Caulfield. Blue Diamond Day. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Gary. And what's happened to your voice? <laughs> Max Smart. <laughs> <laughs> so look up, look down. Do you know what I'm saying here, guys? That is a great intro, isn't it, from the pockets there? And that reminds me, I've got to call Dan and get permission to play his song on our show because if he doesn't give us permission, we could have a new intro tune next week and a a law case. Which could be one of the songs that I've written like, Hey, Ain't That What Horses Eat? Oh, let's hope hope Dan comes through. (laughs) (laughs) Three Three group one meetings today equates to one thing, Three times the windfall, or toast for tea. The professor has been tweaking his program all week and has unearthed a couple of long shots for us to play with. So go online uh, to the Tipstars website, tipstars.com.au, and play for free. Now, first up, I want to make an apology as we go back to recap the Black Caviar last week. I kept referring to Black Caviar, uh, the great mayor, as a he. But, you know, I mean, how do you tell the difference between a he or a she horse? Yeah, it must be really tough. I mean, unless they're running in a mare's race, how do you really know? Don't the mares have a higher nay? <laughs> I don't know. Haven't you got a nay there? <laughs> nay. Uh, uh, so, Gaz, um, how about a bit of recap on last week? Yes. Uh, well, last week um, the surf was good at... Um, no, I mean a recap on the black caviar. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so last week's racing w- would have been a good quaddie to get, uh, the black caviar uh, days. You mean $74,000? Oh, is that what you saw? I saw trillions of dollars. $74,000, but if you were playing up in Queensland, $35,000. And that's got something to do with the fact that I think they're really building too many coal mines up there. <laughs> Did you know the quaddy paid more than the straight six? Oh, I didn't. Well, that doesn't make sense, does it? Well, it does because no one got the straight six, so it didn't pay anything. Oh, and that's okay. That's a bit of useless information. <laughs> I'll get that cut off. But I'll tell you what, it, um, if you multiplied out the winners, the odds of all the winners, it, you would have got about 50 grand. You know, if you'd gone on the nose, double up, double up, double up, whereas the quaddy paid 74. So it was a seriously good day for anyone that got it. And do we get it? Do we go close? We went very close. What we did was we stuffed up, our, I think, our, our betting. Um, we should have gone long in the second race. And we went short, so... Well, there's two reasons why we got it wrong. One, you were away and we didn't really have time to nut out a good strategy. And two, you stuffed up the last because your top pick on your system, you just amortised them out for three and we picked the wrong one. And you actually, the one that won it was actually your top pick. So the two reasons why we lost it, none of them have anything to do with me. Well, anyway, so the winners were serious suspect, which we nabbed that one, but we could have got one out on that. We actually had the field, and that one won. I know. Well, I, well that, I liked that. That was my pick. I actually put a bet on that. So if we'd gone low, like one out on that and one out yeah. on the end, yeah. and then we, had, we had the two in the middle. And then we had one out on Red Zell, 
Uh, yeah, I know, but we could have gone the field out. I mean, why wouldn't you consider when there's seven horses in the race to go field on that or six out on that and then go field on the long leg? We nearly had that. Our system would have had that if, yeah, if you had been I in can't. town. <laughs> I can't understand how we didn't get it. Just don't go away the whole time. Anyway, so the lessons learned from last week? Uh, what's the lesson? Um, I don't know. Don't go on cruises. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, look. I think Marshy's on the list. That's he won't be coming back for a while. That's a wrap for last week. Anyway, I've got nothing else to say. So let's go into this week. So this week we've got Blue Diamond Day, and that includes three Group Ones yep. at Caulfield. Yep. We'll be there. Uh, it was at this race meeting, Gary, a couple of years ago, that we were standing on the grass there having a beer, and Michelle Payne walked down the race that the jockeys go down and she turned around, looked at me and you and winked right at you. She did. That's that's a true story. I know. I can't believe it. I like, can't believe it either. She looked at me and didn't do anything to me and she gives you a big wink. So that's a bit of a highlight last a couple of years ago. Yeah. All right. So, look, let's move on. We've got the Blue Diamond to kick it off. Yep. Um, you know, it's going to be – it's always an interesting race because we haven't seen half these horses before. And the other thing about them, being two-year-olds, like you don't know how they're going to go under the pressure of the day, the big crowd. Probably most of them haven't even run on a soft track, which is what we're going to get. And they're going to be bunched up in a big field. So there's a lot of unknowns in this race. It is interesting. I don't know how the track's going to be because it might be a nice day by Saturday, let's hope. Uh, the actual favourite has got barrier one and it's going to be a big field. So I think a bit could be potted. So I think that it could be any of these horses could win this this um, blue diamond. So I reckon we should be going wide on that leg. Yeah. All right. So wide on the diamond. Um, so the diamond is actually race seven of the day. Uh, race six of the day, the first leg of the quad is the Futurity. So we've done them back to front. Uh, the Futurity is 1,400, so I'll hand it over to the specialist. Well, it will be three 1,400s in a row. So there's actually, I think, um, the two races before are also 1,400. So I'm expecting to fill up my piggy bank by those in those three races. It'll be just easy pickings. I really like, um, well, I, I, I really like Streets of Avalon. I think it's going to be out front, nothing really catching it, and um, it's a good long shot. The so. system, the Streets of Avalon came up well on the system, rated oh. at about five five or six to one, if I remember rightly, and it's way more than that on the on the tote. So um, that looks like a good bet. Just when you when you look at the um, the Futurity, you know, uh, it's it's a good race. It's had some good winners over the time, but who's the classic winner of the Futurity? Does anything come to mind well, in, in the past? Farlap and Ajax. Farlap and Ajax, yeah. They so, come to mind. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because that race has been going since like the late 1800s or something, right? So well, I love it because it's a 1400, but you love it because it's weight for age. Yeah, yeah. So you do get the really good horses. The cream comes to the top there. Uh, it's going to be a great race and a good day. I mean, it's not a huge field, uh, and it's still hard to pick. There's a few good horses there, like always. Uh, but I feel as though the Streets Avalon at that high price is something to keep an eye on. Yeah. 
to the last leg, which is the most, I think, I love the Oakley plate. Well, the plate is is another group one, but it's not weight for age. This is handicap. So, you know, if the handicap has got it right, even the horses down the bottom actually can... There's a lot of lightweights in this. There's a lot of horses on, like, 52 and stuff like that. And to be honest, it's like Charge of the Light Brigade, really, because they're the ones you want to be watching. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for the plate, um, again, you know... um, Standout pass winner to me, Miss Cornacova. Never, never Anna, won, never, as in Anna. Yeah, never won, <laughs> never won anything as a tennis player, and won one, one race as a, as a, uh, as a sprinter. I remember one day it might have been in the age actually uh, when she was playing, and she was I counted it because I sort of noticed her like seven times in the back sections of the paper, and she like never even got into the quarterfinals. Or oh, she got more publicity she, than she deserved, I think. Well, I don't know about that. I think she got. Uh, less. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough. Uh, yeah, anyway, another good race. And look, the system's come up with a horse here, uh, number 12, Halverson, at um, short odds. It's 17 to 1 on the tote. So that looks like probably the bet for the system. And it also happens to be the late mail from the posties. Well, the truth is I could go one out on Biviac. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? Because I just think it's got a good barrier and it's the favourite and it ran really well last time. We saw yeah, it run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's so many field. horses, there's always bad luck stories in this race and I'm probably happier going on a lightweight and I reckon lightweights win this a lot. Um, All right. So, so yeah. that brings us to our strategy for the week um, and it looks like what we're saying then is we go wide in the diamond and we go wide or field in the plate and one out come home with one out, so our short leg's the first one. Yeah, so, and there's not that many in the race, so it's going to be hard to pick a, uh, the right ones, but we'll put uh, our selections up on Facebook on Saturday morning so you can see the ones we've gone for, but uh, it should pay a bit, so I think that I'm very happy if we can get through that first leg. I feel as though we're in with a big chance we'll beat the races, so if we get to the last leg, we only got one out, it's going to pay a bit. Maybe we'll back a few others to sort of lay off against it. That'd be fun to do. Sounds like a good idea. Let's just leave it at that, okay? Wow. What? Who was that, by the way? That was Winks. (laughs) Uh, So uh, if you want to play part and uh, be a potential of a Melbourne Cup runner, get on board as we've got a very cunning plan to slip a winner in through the back door. So join Tipstars firstly so we can get some numbers up. And uh, once we win a quaddy or two, we're going to start going to stage two. So get online, pick your winner. Go to Facebook page, check out uh, our quaddy picks, but um, don't copy them. Otherwise, you'll be robbing Paul to pay Peter because you're Peter. Well, <laughs> you're Paul. You're getting robbed. Yeah, we're getting robbed. <laughs> if we win, that is. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to be going to the Leap Year Races, which is a split group ones in Sydney and Melbourne. So that's a lot of fun. Being a Leap Year, it only comes up once every six years, I think. Ah, okay. I didn't realise that. So uh, tune in. We, I believe we've even got people listening overseas. Uh, we've got three people listening on their Dick Tracy watches. So I don't know how they do that, but I'm impressed. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably my missus. So stay tuned and thanks for tuning in. Gary, see you at the track in the winner's circle. By the way, where is the winner's circle? I mean, I've never seen it. 
I, I know where the loose circle is. <laughs> I don't even know if a winner's circle exists. Is that where Michelle... You might have been standing in that winner's circle when Michelle, Michelle Payne winked at you, I, I think she mistook me for someone else. Definitely. You do look like a lot of people. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Tipstar's Group 1 Horse Racing. Further information and tips can be found at tipstars.com.au. And remember, please gamble responsibly. This episode was brought to you by Nichemark, your right-hand team for digital marketing, social media and podcasting. Thinking of starting a podcast? You do the talking, we do the tech. Contact Nichemark to get started.